0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Derek. We're back on the Ballistic Performance Podcast here and today we're going to talk a little bit about who Ashley and I are. So we're going to go through, I'm going to ask Ashley a series of questions. She's going to ask me a series of questions. I know it sounds like a game show, but it's not. But we're going to give you guys some of the details about our childhood, how we were brought up, what got us into health and fitness, and really dive into just who we are, what we enjoy, and uh, why we are Choosing ballistic performance and and trying to bring you guys as much value as possible. So enjoy the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Ballistic Performance Radio. You're here with Derek and Ash. Ash, say hello to everyone. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right, wonderful. Well, we're coming at you guys with episode nine, and today we thought we would talk to you guys about who we are. So we're going to do a little interview esque type of episode where we're going to talk to ash a little bit get to know her get to know the dirty details of her life and then we're also going to get to know myself and some of the intricacies that uh, are in my past and in my present as well i guess so um we're going to start off with ash so ash i'm gonna ask you a series of questions this is like a game show
1: oh nice do i win (laughs) something at the end
0: yeah my love (laughs) all right anyway so if
1: i do bad do i lose it
0: (laughs) I'll take the ring anytime. Oh. Just kidding. All right, let's get into it. So, uh, like I said, this is going to be who are we? So we're going to fill you in with a little bit about Ashley. So Ash, let's start off easy. Give us <laughs> your full name.
1: Ashley Elizabeth Broderick.
0: There we go. For the record, okay. Was that right? Yeah. That was great. <laughs> now you go by Ash or Ashley or what do you tell other people to call you besides me?
1: Um, I think Ashley, but Ashley? like I don't know. What does your mom call you? ash
0: what does your grandma call you
1: ash unless i get in trouble then ashley
0: so no if you're in trouble no ashley elizabeth no middle name drop
1: (laughs) uh only my sister but i think she does that as a joke
0: (laughs) see i'm a huge middle name dropper if i'm in trouble my mom used to scream like
1: i was gonna say i must have never been in your life when you've really been in trouble with your mom because one i've never seen her yell at you and two i've never heard her say your middle name
0: Ash, we're also 28 27 <laughs> years old. My mother's not going to scream at me anymore. But anyway, no. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. All right. Uh, where are you from? Give us a little bit about that.
1: I am from Rochester, New York. I grew up in a little town, or I guess it's kind of a big town called Victor. Uh, it's about 30 minutes from like the city of Rochester and I grew up in the middle of the country. My cousins were my neighbors across the street and like a mile in each direction. I had other neighbors, but corn was between us.
0: So rural is what you're saying. Very rural. Yes. Yeah. But I like explaining it better. The stick. No, I like that. And um, let's talk about a little bit about um, from your hometown, like you had your athletic background, and school you went to, etc. So, give us a little bit about your athletic background. Start yeah. as early as needed.
1: <laughs> so, I started. I think my very first sport was dance, and I got in. She tr-
0: cannot dance now, just for the record. <laughs> yeah,
1: literally no rhythm. But, anyways, <laughs> this goes along well with my story. I got in trouble literally the entire time I was at dance because I would be trying to do somersaults on their couch and I was like two they were like okay you need to go do gymnastics like she she can't be doing dance so my parents brought me to gymnastics and when I was three and I literally fell in love from the start um you like
0: those little kids you see on like america's (laughs) funny Home videos doing back handsprings on like some shitty mattress out in your backyard
1: yes we had three bad mattresses that my dad kept in our basement and then he literally uh made my basement uh the floor was made of bubble wrap did you know that did i ever tell you that you've never told me that yeah my whole basement Sounds was, more like
0: a serial killer's basement, <laughs> or less like a gymnastics basement. No, we had a
1: bar beam. We even had a beam with like bricks that you could put the beam on top or like a low beam where you would put it on top of the bricks to make a high beam and then bubble wrap with normal flooring over the bubble wrap so that it like was a little springy, Um But that's getting off the topic a little bit. Let's get back on track here. (laughs) So I did gymnastics from when I was 3 to 11. I would try to do other sports. My parents wanted to kind of give me a taste of everything. But I tried soccer. And again, I was the goalie. And I did cartwheels instead of stopping the ball. How old were you? Uh, Probably five.
0: That's typical. I mean, five-year-old soccer is not organized. Yeah,
1: but... Usually, I, I cried every time I put my cleats on. Like, I hated it. And then I would put my bodysuit on for gymnastics and literally be in love and put sparkles in my hair. Anyways. It's weird <laughs> fingers. <laughs> yeah. So then I did gymnastics. I actually started to compete when I was seven years old. My gym only had like a level three and you had to be seven to do it.
0: How many levels are there?
1: Nowadays? uh.
0: Back when you were in it, how many?
1: I only knew that we could start at level three. Like, how many
0: levels do you have to get through or, before you yeah. you win? Like, is this like a video game? I get through all the levels, I it's over? <laughs> no,
1: you, like, go to the Olympics.
0: So, I, do I have to I get to... I think there's a, ten levels. Do I have to then... get to a certain level to make it to the Olympics? Yeah. Level ten?
1: Yeah. I think it's ten. I don't think there's a level eleven. I'm not a hundred percent sure, though. Okay. Um, and so, I started at... When I was seven. And I was... Like, really good for a seven-year-old. I was doing backflips, but I wasn't winning.
0: I was eating spaghetti as I was watching Gullah Gullah Island. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was
1: training, like, three to four days per week for, like, three hours. I have a but picture. But I loved it.
0: I have a picture when I was seven. I have Stone Cold Steve Austin's <laughs> extra large shirt on tucked into jinko jeans with, a uh, I think, like a black visor. And it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Anyway, continue.
1: But, uh, so I loved it. And then... I just, I fell in love with it. I continued to do it for a few years. So I did it all the way until I think I was 11 and I didn't really start to get good until I was, I think nine is when I won States that year, but I was very competitive. I, from the start, I didn't want to compete unless I was going to be the best. And I think I probably just grew a little bit and got a little more athletic and continue to work hard. And that's when things started to turn around and I started to win competitions. And, um, then I made it all the way to level eight and an Olympic coach was up visiting from Texas and I was working with him and he was spotting me on a double backflip off the bars. And he thought I had it like, like, my i my moving moving pattern was really good, so he let go of me, and in my brain, when he let go, I was like, "Okay, kick out, like I'm done," and it, I ended up landing on my head, and I remember my mom literally was crying, like running up, crying, and my coach, I all I could hear was just, "Don't move, don't move," um, and from that was, that was the
0: end of gymnastics.
1: No. So I took some time off, but I loved the training aspect of gymnastics. Like I remember my dad and my mom would have to literally like beg me not to train. Like even in my basement, I would just go down and try to do pull-ups when I was (laughs) like 10. (laughs) Um, and that year, I ended up going back, but you—I had some fear, obviously. And as soon as you have fear in gymnastics, it's kind of like game over. Uh, that year, I ended up breaking my knee in a in a meet, and then I broke a few toes, a few fingers. I think that was really it, and I just started to get more and more scared, and then started to lose the passion of it so that's when I stopped gymnastics I went to physical therapy to I think it was rehab my knee and my back and they had me swim for rehab pause there before we get
0: into swimming because obviously I know that that's what's coming next Mm -hmm. do you think that looking back now all of your time in gymnastics led to obviously the the translation over to swimming and diving but now that you're just training on a day-to-day basis as an adult do you think all that previous gymnastics background helped you with your kinesthetic awareness just your overall (laughs) strength your coordination agility all those things
1: yes people always ask me because when they hear my injuries they're like oh wow like you went through a lot and you weren't even 10 and I also I like I just told you, I was training three to four times per week for three to four hours. So I was missing a lot of birthday parties. I wasn't going to just like school events. There was a lot of things that I had to give up, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Would I,
0: you put your kids in gymnastics? Not yes. Let's say, let's say they didn't want to be go to the Olympics <laughs> like you did. Yeah. You yeah just, you absolutely just put, them in to put them in
1: literally it taught me discipline it taught me like you just said kinesthetic awareness it taught me how to work hard and it's just like an overall in my opinion like that one of the most athletic sports because so you we, have to do everything
0: when we have kids <laughs> boys <doing> and girls <laughs> are all going to gymnastics yeah okay I love it literally
1: it. teaches you everything well
0: I went to gymnastics for three years <laughs> Like, I'm not kidding. I, I it like wasn't that. it was not competitive it, or even <laughs> structured. It was like open gym gymnastics. See,
1: I don't like th- I mean but I, I learned, think it's good for people. I learned
0: how to do a round off back answering back talk.
1: Yeah, but I I also like the structure. I think that was really important for me. Well. And a lot of kids. All I'm
0: saying is I learned some things. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go now. So you were in PT. They were having you swim.
1: Yeah, and my sister swam, too. She's just one year younger than me, and she was really good. She was winning, like, it was called Zones, but it was, like, countrywide she was winning that and breaking a ton of records. And so I was like, mm, like I kind of want to do that. It'd be cool. And so I started to swim, and it was fun. Again, I... Ended up kind of going to zones. I won a few events. I got a few records in swimming and I enjoyed it. But states, yes or no? Oh, I was little then. I was still like 13 then. Okay. So, no, okay. Um, and then I so that and when I was going into seventh grade and I was trying out for the varsity team for swimming and varsity is in high school mm-hmm.
0: and you were in seventh grade yeah because okay.
1: you had to do like a physical fitness test <laughs> beast and like mode and no and just prove that you were like mature enough and somehow You're i made it <laughs> please
0: tell me how you pulled that off
1: I tricked them good before we went or on, they just really wanted me on their team and they were like i don't care how little before she is. we
0: went on air ashley was seeing how loud she could burp so we really <laughs> haven't come very far not
1: true okay anyways my face is red um so I started out with swimming on varsity and the coach was like I mean you were a diver let's try it and I tried diving once when I was little and I could not figure out how to land on my head even though I landed on my head in gymnastics <laughs> but I could not do it and I belly flopped and got the wind knocked out of me was terrified and hated it so I was like, eh, like, I'm a few years older. I might as well try it again because swimming is getting boring. So I tried it, and I it just came very natural to me. So that's when I started to dive, and I got
0: – So this was seventh grade, right? Yeah. Okay. I
1: got pretty good fast, and I remember at sectionals, my dad was like – "If I was like, I want to get good at both of this or both of these sports, like – only I only knew of one person that was a diver and a swimmer in New York, and I was like, I want to be the best at both. And my dad's like, Okay, like we you saw in gymnastics how hard it was to get good at one thing. Like, I think you should specialize. And I was like, No, I'm gonna make it in both. And he was like, Okay, if you make it in both, you can shave my head bald with like a flat razor. I was like, Okay, deal. And and so I just kept working hard The I kind of I did basketball and track in seventh and eighth grade just to do something different and when I was in high school my ninth grade year at sectionals I made states and swimming and diving and my entire team just pointed up at my dad and was like she is shaving your head
0: <laughs> and did you
1: yeah it yeah. was so great um and then so with diving so that's
0: ninth grade and then you just continued with that yeah high i school? just
1: continued i was on like a usa uh diving team i stopped practicing swimming but i raced so How i many could do the 50. In swimming uh oh gosh this is bad that i don't remember i think three and diving Oh, swimming. I didn't win any in states. I went to states six times.
0: Okay. And how many? And then
1: I went to states and diving six times. But I won states, I think, three times. And then I won USA or AAU Nationals with diving.
0: Impressive. Okay. So quite the diving agenda or resume, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. You killed it. Okay. And so then.
1: So then with athletics kind of wrapping up. I went to college for diving. Where did you I, go to school? P- University of Pittsburgh. Hailed a pit. <laughs> That's just Derek's gross. Um, and my back got really, really bad then as soon as I went to school. Because when I went there, I was training like I wanted, again, to be the best. And Olympics were still always in the back of my mind. And... It just was too much. My back started to break down and I went to a ton of pit doctors and they found like a PARS defect, it was called, in my spine. And that was kind of the end of my athletic career. My coach was a huge part in like, I guess, keeping me healthy because he kind of gave me the ultimatum. Like either you're transferring or or you can transfer and dive, or you're not diving. He wasn't willing to coach me to the point of putting me in a wheelchair. Yeah.
0: Well, talk a little bit more about the you called up pars defect. Mm-hmm. That's like a broken back, right? Is that what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah.
1: It's how they described it to me. It was like a stress fracture in my spine.
0: Okay. So that's a broken back.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, it, I couldn't, I got to the point where I could not walk without pain i had my college roommates like have to carry me to the bathroom sometimes one of the times they literally had to hold me up in the shower because my legs were going numb and yeah Yeah. so So but in my mind broken in my mind i still wanted it like i've i've always been so competitive (laughs) excuse me um but yeah so that was the end so that was the end of diving okay Mm -hmm.
0: and let's let's pause there then cuz i don't want to get too far into like training now. Yeah. All right, so that's your athletic background, freak show, die hybrid <laughs> athlete diver. And net, then you went to Pitt. Mhm. What did you major in at Pitt?
1: Exercise science. Okay. So the first 2 years you had to do just like gen eds and i was considering like uh, sports psychology or exercise science, so i ended up going exercise science.
0: Okay. And what made you choose exercise science?
1: Uh, I think just my athletic background. I've always loved being in the gym.
0: Now, when you applied, because when I applied to school for exercise science, I don't think I really knew what the hell exercise science was. Did you know what it was? Like what the what the potential career opportunities were with it? Or did you just, were you kind of like me and you just rem- thought, this has to do with human movement? Like it's got to like I think cool. that.
1: I don't remember when I was going into it. it I think I wanted to be a PE teacher. So I think that That would have
0: been more like education, though. You could have. We
1: didn't have that at Pitt, though. Like,
0: of course, Pitt doesn't have (laughs) that. Exercise
1: science is in school of education. So I don't know. I think that's like what made me go into it.
0: Okay, And then. All right. So you went through undergrad, obviously graduated with exercise science. Mm hmm. Excuse me. And then were there any internship or first jobs prior to going back to school for your master's?
1: Yeah, I had an internship at a place called Vesla 360. So we had to do an internship our senior year of exercise science. And
0: and what's Vesla 360?
1: It's a private sports performance facility. And the guy that was a co-owner, he was the old strength coach for the Pirates. Shout out Frank Velasquez. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he really, really shaped what I wanted to do.
0: Right. And so what did his, like what did the training look like for his athletes or his clients at that place?
1: It was just very sports performance oriented and it was attached to a physical therapy, uh, therapy area. So it was like getting kids... Or an adult, or more like kids, I guess. Kids from injuries back to total, total sports.
0: And so, what did that, what did that training look like, though? Like, if I walk in and I was one of your athletes, like, yeah. what did my program look like?
1: So, it was based on like you always st- started with strengthening your scaps, posterior chain, uh, strengthening your glutes, a lot of injury prevention. Um, methods, I guess, is the right word. Or rehabilitative. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then it was also just a facility for like adults that wanted that next level training. They were hard workers and they just wanted that step above.
0: So were you doing like Olympic lifts? Was it...
1: A little bit of Olympic lifts, not a ton though.
0: And so was it a lot of like banded work? Yeah, banded work.
1: Things with barbells, like people were squatting. Things with TRXs. Uh, pull-ups.
0: And was it, like, too much foo-foo shit? Was it, like, we were doing, like, one-legged balancing (laughs) juggling?
1: No. (laughs) Unless you were, like, there were some, um...
0: MMA uh, fighters?
1: No. MLB. MLB. Oh, my God. MLB. I could not think of it. Um, players. And, like, yeah, they were doing that stuff for just reaction and... But that was their accessory work. They were doing a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, so that that internship really molded, I guess, or started.
0: Right. How long did you journey? work with Frank?
1: It was all of the spring, so four months.
0: Okay, so four months, sport performance oriented internship. Probably got a lot of experience, a lot of observational time working with athletes as well. Mm-hmm. Were you writing any programs there by the time you were leaving? No,
1: not when I was an undergrad.
0: Okay, so you no- didn't
1: really have that because there were pre- like pretty high right. athletes there. Okay.
0: And then, the so notch. after that internship, that was in the spring, you said? hmm So then when summer rolled around, you graduated, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And then from there, did you go straight into grad school? Was there yeah. anything else in between? Yeah, I 20? went
1: straight into grad school. And
0: and where'd you go to grad school?
1: University of Pittsburgh still.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> uh, and that was in like health and physical activity, It was just basically a continuation of the exercise science program, and I got a grad student assistantship at Pitt there. Is that
0: what your master's is, health and physical activity? Because mine's health and fitness, and we were in the same program. Which one is it? But I think there were two tracks, health and physical activity and, like, health and fitness.
1: No, it was... I don't remember now.
0: Now we don't know, but we do have a master's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're not making this up.
1: No, I think I'm health and fitness with you, but there was a chronic disease. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah. Um. But so at my grad when I was a grad student assistant, my main responsibility was managing a fitness center and. It was neat because I was able to apply a lot of what Frank taught me at Vesla. Right, so he
0: basically took his style and structure of, of programs and then applied it to the folks that you were working with at what was called the University Club at their fitness center. Yep. All right, and so how many people were you working with at the U Club?
1: Probably... 30, 30 to 40 people.
0: And were you writing programs for all 30 to 40 of these people?
1: <laughs> yes. I started out exactly what Frank taught me. Like, we would change a program every single day. And after, I think I, I did that for a year, And I was like, I told you that was a horrendous. Yeah, I was losing sleep. And like, I had to do that during class, just so I could get it done. And so I switched that. Okay,
0: all right. So got a chance to apply everything you had learned Mm -hmm. and have like that actual practical experience. And then so how long did you or let's talk more about that role, because that role progressed into a lot of other things, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of that was a very um, dynamic position. So in addition to training all those clients at the U-Club. What else were you doing at Pitt?
1: I also taught like cycling classes, a lot of the swim classes, of course, just with my background. And I think that was really...
0: Oh, and some mentorship, right? Oh,
1: yeah, a lot of mentorship with undergrads. And that I actually, that was probably my favorite role that I've ever, not ever had, but...
0: Yeah, working with other people and helping them to figure out their path. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then so from there, because I don't want to get our our stories intertwined too much because you're yeah. gonna kinda go through all this with me, but after or while working at Pitt, we were obviously together and then eventually we moved down here to or actually let's let's backtrack a bit. While we were together living in Pittsburgh and while you were working at the university Yeah, so got,
1: after I was a grad student assistant, I actually got hired in the same department to run the university club. This is after I graduated my masters and manage and help all of the future grad student assistants. Right.
0: I think that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're you basically just kept that role and then made it a full time position. Yes, and yes, then it yes, continued yes. to grow. Now what I'm saying is after that, before we relocated to Florida, there was a period in time where I got you into CrossFit and mm-hmm. that kind of training. And then you got into nutrition. So talk yes. a little bit about just briefly uh you know how did you get into nutrition what interested you in it um your experience with working against gravity or what everybody calls wag and then we'll go from there
1: yeah so when you introduced me to CrossFit because of my athletic background I literally fell in love and my competitive background and I think we've talked about it in the past but you Worked really closely with me. You got me stronger and my back started to feel better and better. And it didn't take long before I was like, okay, I want to compete in CrossFit. And I was seeing on just like social media and you told me like a lot of the CrossFit athletes, not even just necessarily like games athletes, but CrossFit athletes in general, you have to watch your nutrition and work on it. And that's what made me look up working get working against gravity, and I had a friend doing it as well. And that is basically.
0: And explain to everybody a little bit about what Wag is and yeah. what, it, what it means to say that you were working with them.
1: Yeah, so I had a nutrition coach through Wag, and we did weekly check ins and it she just she cr- she taught me how to track my macros. It was easier for me, I think, because of you and you helped me and you were right there with me. Um but sh- that's the first time like I actually counted macros was with her.
0: And by macros she means protein, carbs, carbs fat ma- and mm-hmm. how much you're consuming of everything. And like tracking in my fitness pal and tracking and- every single thing you eat, correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every and so thing. yeah. So it was very eye-opening my body like i was i was always obviously you can tell from my background like very athletic but i never thought my body could change to being like lean like i'd never thought that you would be able to see my abs ever and within doing working on my nutrition for i think it was two months it might have even been like a month it was really fast there's a big
0: difference in the first six weeks
1: yeah And that's where I was like, and it, it, it's just a confidence booster. Like, it absolutely is. And that's where I was like, I want to be able to change people's lives like this. And I want to get more into nutrition. And I also think quickly, like, we always knew that we wanted to start our own business. And you're so good.
0: Let's pause there. Okay. When I first met Ashley, <laughs> and we started hanging out and, and uh, even started dating. There were multiple conversations where it was not in the cards for us to work together because <laughs> she didn't think we could work together. So let's yeah, not say we because always we knew. both
1: are very opinionated. <laughs> you're probably more opinionated. Let's not lie to the listeners <laughs> and say we
0: knew we wanted to start a business. Okay, together.
1: well we, well yeah, I guess you're right. There was but a period where we it was
0: th- going to be my business and you were going to do something at Pitt or yeah. somewhere like that. Yeah, you're, and right. that was the plan. You're and then we right. changed it. Yeah, because you, you needed me. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but anyways, unpause.
1: so uh, I wa- I wanted maybe deep down, like by myself, knew I wanted to work with Derek, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. He's dancing. If he- I mean, we're not videoing, so you can't see him. <laughs> but now I'm all off because my face is red said
0: we knew we wanted to start a business. So
1: I w- wanted to figure out what I could bring to the table. He was always r- really good at training and creating programs and just the coaching aspect, the fitness aspect. And once I started on like my nutrition journey, I was like, this is it. Like I love working with people. I love being empathetic with people and I love helping people. Or finding where people are at and getting them to their goals and doing whatever it takes to make that happen. I get very, like, invested.
0: Extremely invested. Yeah.
1: Well, because I really care about people. I know. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the nutrition side. Yeah,
0: And so you basically just took, you know, what you learned in WAG and then pursued some other certifications and, and you know, self-education in it. And mm-hmm. now... Here at Elite Wellness, you're working with individuals on their nutrition, doing those weekly check-ins and doing everything that you sort of went through. So it's kind of cool to see that you went through the cycle first yourself and got an experience from a client side. And now you're actually guiding individuals. Yeah, I was
1: talking to a student at Pitt actually about this. And I think it was extremely beneficial that I went through the process. I think I learned so much and I still... When cl- I have clients that go through similar things that I went through, I'm like, what did my WAG coach say to me? Like, mm-hmm. because it made a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My And I actually had a little bit of the opposite scenario with fitness, so we'll, we'll get into that. But um, let's continue on here. So we sort of talked about why fitness, why nutrition, got mm-hmm. into all that. We've talked about your training history before. Um I think everyone knows we both do CrossFit now, but there, <laughs> we do things a little differently and there are some ways we think we can do it smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then let's move on a tangent here a little bit. Right now at the time of the recording, it's Christmas. Well, it's a couple of days before Christmas. So tell everybody, what is your favorite? Let's go um, favorite Christmas song.
1: Oh, I'm not good with songs.
0: Just sing it for us.
1: oh gosh we'll lose literally all our followers we have
0: 25 of you please don't leave
1: i honestly don't know i don't know names of songs i'm sorry okay i know it's bad
0: that's really sad because a lot of them are like easy names (laughs) so do you like jingle bell rock do you like winter wonderland do you like
1: i like all of them next question okay (laughs) uh,
0: what's your favorite christmas cookie
1: the peanut anything peanut butter chocolate but probably the reese's peanut butter like what did we like just Like the make? reese's
0: peanut butter cups that you put in the dough. Yes. Like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the best. The mini muffin looking things? Yeah. And then what about um what's your favorite christmas movie? The Grinch. Which one? The original the cartoon no, one or the, the Jim Carrey version Jim or Carrey. the newest one?
1: There's a new one? Yeah.
0: And no. fully animated.
1: No. Jim Carrey. Jim
0: Carrey. I love it. And what is your favorite Christmas tradition?
1: Oh. (laughs) I don't know. I think... Well, like, it's it's changed. When I was growing up, it was always sleeping in the same bed as my sister and waking up and doing our stockings, like, in bed together.
0: Okay. And then now that you're not doing... Yeah, now now that you're (laughs) in my life. Now that we're having... Um, it will be our first Christmas alone together?
1: I know. I think. I think just the morning, like having breakfast and having a slow morning, and just I don't know. Okay. All
0: yeah. right. Now we're gonna get into some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh no. This is like, um, what's that? I can't even think okay. of a game show. It's like Family Feud, oh, right? Where yes. I'm gonna ask you like a bunch. You just say the first thing that comes to your okay. mind. Okay. Oh no. Except we don't. We didn't, we didn't survey ten this. people though to get these answers. This is just your answers. All right, here we go. Uh, what's your favorite food? <laughs> She's not good at this. Burgers. Color.
1: The colors of the sunset. Sorry.
0: That's a cop out. Uh, no, it's not. TV show.
1: Um. Game of Thrones. Maybe
0: okay, Starbucks or Duncan? Duncan. Um, what else do I got here? Let's. I'm trying to branch out a little bit.
1: <laughs> Why? I'm not very good at this. I know. We got,
0: <laughs> this is not a lightning round like I had planned on it being. Uh, what about Chick Fil A or Popeyes? The chicken sandwich. Which one?
1: I've never. I've had a bite of Chick Fil A.
0: Dun dun dun. <laughs>
1: So we can't answer that. We
0: can't provide you an answer on that one. Um, How about, what's the two series I'm thinking of right now?
1: You could ask me my favorite movie.
0: I thought I did that already. What's your favorite movie?
1: Harry Potter. (laughs) Which which one? I don't know. Ask me my favorite book.
0: What's your favorite book? Harry Potter. Which one?
1: I don't know because I'm just on the fourth one right
0: now. All right. We're going to call the lightning round there. (laughs) All right, because it was not even a lightning round, and we're not getting very good answers. Here's what we're going to do. Ash, we just learned a lot about you, so now we're going to flip the table here, and it's going to be your turn to ask me a few of these questions, and we'll try not to to bore anyone to death as I get through, because my childhood was not quite as uh, entertaining as yours.
1: I wouldn't say that. All right, hit me up. All right, what's your name?
0: Derek Matthew Ball. Matthew with one T, bitches.
1: Oh, my God. Where are you from?
0: I'm from Dubois, PA, small town about an hour west of Penn State or State College and uh, two hours east of Pittsburgh. Uh, so rural
1: or? Yeah,
0: super rural, middle of nowhere, but we live in a neighborhood um, like I grew up in a neighborhood and went to, you know, high school there, played um soccer and volleyball growing up I played soccer since I was you know like three like most kids do all the way up through
1: you didn't cry when you put your cleats on
0: no I probably was elated (laughs) if I had to guess but uh then I didn't start playing volleyball till about eighth grade but uh those are my like my two primary um sports and then just like a lot of activity, you know, and we were I feel like everybody when we were kids that's our age was super active. Bike rides, you know, kickball, capture the flag, like all that stuff, like normal kid stuff. I was not training three to four hours a day like you. I was uh <laughs> that's okay. That's playing, normal. I was probably playing three to four hours of uh Halo. <laughs> a Halo two or something like that. But um yeah, so
1: that was my next question. What were some hobbies?
0: Uh so I think most of these even apply now, but um definitely hunting skiing um you know hang just hanging with my friends doing that kind of stuff like outdoor stuff we used to always go around and uh like build jumps for our bikes and like go in the woods and try <laughs> to make... a skater boy no not a skater like not even close we were <laughs> we were more like those amateur kids that were just trying to have fun and then we'd always go in the woods and like cut down trees and build forts which like oh, definitely i mean it wasn't always on our properties yeah so you definitely... were
1: you were a boy scout yeah yeah i was, I
0: was an, yeah i was an eagle scout um But it was cool to be, like, an Eagle Scout where I was from, like, everybody. All my cousins were in there, a lot of my friends. Like, we actually did, like, cool shit. We would go to New Mexico and hike the Rockies. We'd go to West Virginia and whitewater raft. And my dad did a really good job of, like, making it practical, making it fun, like, making it cool. Because, I mean, when most people hear Boy Scouts, they just think of, like, Tuesday meetings at the church and a bunch of nerds and we, that was definitely not the case but go ahead keep, what's the next one
1: uh where did you go to college
0: uh so I went to school at Slippery Rock University mm-hmm. I sort of what I hinted at when I was talking to you I didn't really know what the hell exercise science was but I had a a friend who I played soccer with in high school who was a couple years older than me that went for exercise science and that's the first time I'd ever heard of anyone say that term And he went to DeSales university for that. And so I kind of looked into it, but still didn't really understand like what you could do with it besides the fact that I knew you could be a physical therapist. And so I thought, well, you know, like that kind of sounds cool. My aunt's a physical therapist. Like I'm just going to do that. And, uh, like I didn't, I didn't really have the SAT scores to get into Penn state like I wanted, even though like that would have been cool. And, um, they didn't have like Penn State still doesn't have exercise science they have kinesiology so when I kind of got hooked on the exercise science thing I went with Slippery Rock and um our program was a little bit different than your guys at Pitt we uh we started taking exercise science courses like right away first semester you had intro to exercise science we had anatomy one or whatever the hell it was called general gross anatomy I think it was called and um, so we got into it right away, and I immediately liked that stuff, especially the anatomy. Like, I was instantly hooked. I would go to open labs, like, an hour early to study mm-hmm. myself so then I could teach other people because that helped me learn it more. And that <laughs> was, like, I just loved that side of it. And the the physiology as well. The only thing I hated was, like, the, the heavier sciences, like chem and, and physics and those things so yeah, you had yeah, to take. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, but overall, like, I got really – I wasn't really that into fitness until I got to school and I remember sophomore year That's when my new roommate and I were like, hey, you know Like why don't we spend the next year and like try to get big like <laughs> let's spend the next year lifting Eating a lot like let's try to actually get... were you
1: really tiny before then?
0: Yeah at this point I was like 155 pounds soaking wet
1: and how tall are you?
0: I'm almost six feet. Yeah, so, like six feet 155 like pretty skinny mm-hmm. and uh and we said, if we get big enough, then let's, like, let's do the show. Because mm. the Slippery Rock had a bodybuilding, like, club, and they would do a show where...
1: It people, was a pretty big show, Yeah, though. like,
0: it was a pretty legit show. Kids yeah. from two, three, four hours away would come and compete. And um, and so we did. I mean, and that was, like, a game... That kind of led into all of the obsession with, with fitness and, and training. And even though it's completely different than what I do now, that was, that was the beginning of the end. And, I mean, within two years, I was like 205 in the off season and on stage at 178. And, um, you know, I was in the gym like three to four hours every day. And that was sort of, that became the addiction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's cool though.
0: Yeah. And yeah. during that time too, is towards the end of it after I did the show and, uh, or actually during dieting for the show is when I found CrossFit and that obviously we'll get into that here in a minute, but that changed everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about CrossFit now or do you want to go into any internships or I know you said that you were thinking physical therapy obviously you're not a physical therapist now.
0: Yeah yeah we can talk about that so I think and I think that's important to uh to kind of hit on is I don't think kids know what the hell they want to do yeah until they actually like just run into it and they figure it out and um I think a lot of people think they have to be on this track and and just stay on these rails the whole way through undergrad and and whatever program they're in or whatever they're pursuing. And you don't have to do that at all. I mean, I changed my mind like eight times alone just my senior year in terms of what I wanted to do. And I was lucky enough to have mentors, like Steve Verbo, one of the professors in my program, kind of guided me to some decisions. And um, you've got to be able to talk to people and you've got to be able to make up your own mind of, of what you want. Like. I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. Then that changed after a couple years, and then I thought I wanted to go into um, physician assistant. And then that turned into, uh, if well, if I'm doing that, I may as well do med school. And then med school turned into uh, becoming a professor. And then that went back to med school, and I went back and forth a dozen times. And then finally, just like it happens to most people, something that I didn't see coming is I got an internship with, Reebok Cross at One, which at the time was on Reebok World Headquarters in Boston, Mm -hmm. in Canton, actually, which is right outside Boston. And I had also received an internship at Verizon Wireless Wellness Center in Pittsburgh. And so I had both of these. I had reached out to Reebok, but never heard back. And so that's why I pursued the Verizon Wireless um, Internship. And after I had already accepted this internship, which was highly sought after by everyone, I mean, I had to basically ask a favor from the, the head of our department to give me a good recommendation so I could get it. And after I had accepted it a week later, Reebok reached out and said they wanted to hire me as well. And so I had to completely go back on my word to Verizon, tell them it was not going to happen. The position actually went to one of my good friends. He took it. And then I moved to Boston, you know, immediately after graduating. And that was sort of the beginning of uh, my whole career.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you want to talk about, I guess, that first job Yeah. right now?
0: Yeah, sure. So that internship that I took, it was, I mean, it was amazing. I, it was hands down the best experience in my professional career to this date. Um, I met my mentor there, who's also one of my great friends. I met another great friend of mine. And it was just such an incredible opportunity. I mean, I had never coached CrossFit a day in my life prior to this. I had just gotten my level one like six months earlier. (laughs) I had been doing CrossFit in like the rec center globo gym of the university. I had never been inside a CrossFit affiliate. I had never been a member at any CrossFit gyms. And so that's kind of where I was saying the difference between us is you got to, with your nutrition, you were a client and then became a coach. So you had seen both sides, whereas I had never been a member. I just went straight from being.
1: What year is this? This is 2013. Okay.
0: I went straight from being someone who was watching YouTube and trying to replicate it in Mm -hmm. the Globo gym to be and following the main site to being someone who was working at like one of the best CrossFit gyms in the world. And that's Mm -hmm. how I found Reebok one. I literally Googled best CrossFit gym in the world and they didn't have anything on their website about internships. So I literally called them and asked (laughs) and that's how I got it. So, That's awesome. any kids out there don't be afraid to ask anybody will let you work for free and then i even got paid on top of it so you can't beat that yeah so anyway i went there and at the time um austin aliola who is still there he's the head coach and and kind of runs the day-to-day he was there spencer hendel had just he was kind of transitioning out then we had denise thomas matt della Valli. i met uh, my mentor john main when i was there megan burns was there who i'm really great friends with now And it's just a group of really incredible coaches who took me through a process to where everyone helped me a little bit in some ways. And then John sort of took me under his wing and really guided me. But everyone had something different to bring to the table. Everyone had a different style. And for the first five weeks I was there, I wasn't allowed to do anything except clean and watch. So Mm -hmm. I cleaned and then I would watch classes and take notes. And I did that for five straight weeks before Austin finally... Was like on his way out the door to a seminar one night and said like, "Yo, D Ball, you got the 5 p.m. class." And I was like, "Oh shit, okay, I got it." <laughs> and um, that was my very first class It had eight people in it. It was really low key because no one was there except me and John, and so I felt really comfortable with him watching me and uh, and I just took. Actually, John might have left for a seminar too. I might have been the only one there because <laughs> at this point I was working, you know, twelve or fourteen hours every day, opening and closing the facility, so. I kind of like had the enough experience and responsibility there to to close it down and then from that point onward every class I coached I would just go up and ask one of those six people for feedback if they had watched it and they would always provide me with what I needed and then John and I started just taking an hour every day and throwing or kicking a ball and we're like hey we're gonna throw this or kick this for an hour and during that hour we're gonna talk fitness Mm -hmm. and sometimes it was Anatomy and physiology other times it was programming other times it was just like pure training like you dude, How much did those 10 rounds like freaking suck <laughs> of whatever the workout was that we did that day and um, Sometimes it was about like having a business in the future and what it would be like and It was all these things and that was huge I mean, I probably learned just as much kicking a ball with him and talking for an hour as I did in like any of my classes in mm-hmm. my undergrad so that lasted for six months total. I believe it was six months because I got there in June and then I stayed and then got a, an extension on my contract and stayed longer, and then I got a job offer through Austin to work at CrossFit Clue, which just shut down, but it was in New Jersey. It was the biggest CrossFit gym in the world. It was like my dream opportunity. So that kind of like the internship led to my first job like many people yeah. do there.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about that? first job a little bit
0: yeah we can do that Um, because this will kind of spiral into my other experiences so my first job like I said was CrossFit Clues in Somerset New Jersey Um, it was cool it was you know like your first your first gig out of school like i moved i had already moved to boston but i moved to new jersey i had a real apartment I, you know like i got <laughs> you're I, like
1: almost an adult
0: yeah you know it felt like i was growing up yeah. because in in boston it was still an internship i was living with four other people that i had never met i just mm-hmm. met them on craigslist and so i was just paying them 500 bucks a month for a room and i lived in a really bad area and so it just didn't feel you know like yeah your own place and so anyway i got my own apartment Um, I had a salary, I had benefits. It just felt like, you know, it was going to be the biggest CrossFit gym in the world. It just felt awesome. And, um, you know, when I first got it on board there, like I got along with the owner and his daughter who was technically the owner of the gym. And, and then eventually I got, um, to a point where I actually got John to come there and he took the job as I guess, head coach would be the title, And I got, so I got him to move down. We moved in together. And then at the time he was dating my friend Meg, who I mentioned earlier. So then Meg moved down. And so (laughs) it was just like this dream of two people I met in Boston that I was super good friends with who were both way better at coaching than me are now living with me. And the three of us like just get to basically live it up, coach fitness and hang out together a lot. And, uh, but that quickly, the, uh, the, the facade that was there of it being the dream job quickly faded away ownership. And I just didn't see eye to eye on things. And John was right there with me. I mean, we just didn't agree with a lot of things that were going on. And, um, eventually it was just time to part ways. I mean, but that experience was still good in terms of that's really where I learned how to program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, you know, write a month of programming and then I would send it to John and then him and I would get on the phone or, or go, through text and we would talk about what was good, what was bad. Um, You know, was there too much hip extension in that week or did we need, uh, did we go below parallel too many times? Was there too much overhead volume? And he really helped me start to see and identify a lot of things. Um, We would go through the old main site workouts and pick those apart and and look at the month. And so that was probably the most beneficial part. Got to learn how to program. And then I also got to like develop my own voice as a coach a little bit because I got more floor hours, more experience, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it was a good foundation to, to build upon and to see the inner workings of how you build a gym and, and the thought process that goes into it and, and that sort of thing. But cool. eventually I quit that job mm-hmm. and I remember going back to my apartment and I was like, well, shit, I don't have a job. And, um, you know, I had John wasn't there cause he was still at work and Meg wasn't home and so I was like, oh, I better call my dad. So I called my dad, and I told him I didn't have a job. And he wasn't that surprised, so I don't know if he just knew that <laughs> it was coming. But um, with, then I remember a, cu- a couple hours went by, and then I said to myself, I'm going to move to St. Thomas. I'm going to move to the Caribbean. And I don't know why that popped into my head. My uncle used to joke about it when we were kids because we went on vacation there. But it popped into my head, and I immediately called my cousin, and I was like, Hey man, I'm going to move to the Caribbean. Like, do you want to go? And like, I literally just lost my job maybe six hours earlier. And he That's was like, awesome. well, yeah, man, like I'll go. It's like, all right. I have no idea when I'm going, but we'll figure it out. And cause I knew I wanted to go live with my best friend in Virginia beach. So I was like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be for a little while. Like we'll, we'll figure it out. And, uh, so I remember I moved back home. So like, I sat down with John and Meg, we figured out a way to, to pay out the lease and make it work there. And then I moved home, moved to Virginia Beach, lived with my best friend for the summer. It was the biggest waste of time, but best summer ever, we <laughs> didn't do anything. It was amazing. Uh, just lived it up. And then, uh, in October of 2014, I moved to St. Thomas and that's where, uh, like really everything started to change from there.
1: Very cool. How, in what ways?
0: Uh, so once I got to St. Thomas, I moved down there with one job already. I moved down and I got hired as a zipline guide. So <laughs> I was at least going down up. with some That's money, awesome. like or some potential money. Cause I could do that. And when I got down there, I also knew that there was a gym there because I had previously met a guy named Connor Murphy when I worked at Reebok one. And he was, I believe the head coach of Reebok CrossFit St. Thomas. So when I met him at Boston we had talked about it and, we had sort of joked that wouldn't it be cool if we just switch places? Cause I told him that I would love to go there and that faded away just because of other opportunities. Well then, as I was moving to St. Thomas, Connor moved back and actually took a job at Reebok Cross one. So mm-hmm. it all happened just about a year later than we had thought. And so I spoke to the owners of the gym. I came on board as a coach and then very shortly after the gym was sold and the new owners promoted me to head coach. And so as soon as I got head coach, I no longer needed the money of the Zipline guy. And I kind of hated that. So I scrapped yeah. that and became the full-time head coach at Reebok Cross at St. Thomas. And that is really where I was able to a hundred percent figure out who I was as a coach. Cause John wasn't there. Um, and so it was really just how to, you know, let my personality shine mm-hmm. and be a bigger, louder me. Uh, that's where, I started programming on my own. Like John wasn't inspecting everything I was programming. And it it was really just a time for me to put a lot of work into, to being a better coach and to, um, learning how to program better and, and work with clients and connect with them on a deeper level and all of those things. And so that was really where I knew I wanted to keep coaching probably for the rest of my life or a good majority of my life. And that, um, but I knew that there was going to be a better way to do it, or or that there needed to be a different way because I also didn't want to be working seventy to eighty hours every week and having no life. Yeah, because that was still really tough. I mean, I was living on this incredible island, but it was still hard to find time to go out and enjoy it because I was working so much. Yeah, Absolutely. and uh, and that's when my mentor at Slippery Rock, Steve, called me. And, or maybe I called him, I can't remember, but we started talking about grad school and he was like adamant, like, Hey, you should, you should go to grad school. And I'm like, ah, like, I don't need to. Like I'm coaching. Uh, I love it. And he's like, no, you should really consider it. And he said, there's this program at Pitt. He said, you'd be perfect for it. And, uh, he's like, if like, I'll give you a recommendation, like we'll get Patty to give you a recommendation, like you'll be a shoe in to get this grad assistantship. And you know, at the time, like I'm twenty-three years old, twenty-four years old, living on St. Thomas. Like, why the hell would I want to go back to school? But I applied and then sure enough I got I had an interview with Renee and uh and Kevin and and so I spoke to them and then in a couple weeks I found out that I got accepted. So that was how I ended up in Pittsburgh, and then that's how obviously you and I met. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh what happened? Did anything happen like your master's year to shape what you're doing now or like what you?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that year was, I think time I was in school, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I think in that year, there was all kinds of things going through my head. I thought maybe I wanted to pursue chiropractic. I thought.
1: I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I... like that was one of the very first things.
0: I thought that,
1: um, you said PhD. Yeah. That was yeah. funny.
0: I thought PhD. I thought that was my initial thought PhD. Then I thought chiropractic. Then I thought, um, that I was going to do collegiate strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And there's just a million things running through my head. And, um, obviously that's when you and I had met and so that whole year was like a whirlwind because you wouldn't date me and (laughs) (laughs) but I really wanted you to and so I just had to be persistent AF until (laughs) you finally gave up and said yes um and ditch that loser boyfriend but uh... (laughs) I'm just kidding my goodness we're about to get married I can't make fun of your ex all right anyway so um then at the end of that year I another unseen opportunity. I got an opportunity to work at Pitt as a strength and conditioning coach working with their Olympic sports. So I was coach for swimming and diving men's and women's soccer and women's volleyball. And Mm -hmm. so I did that and I thought, Holy shit, I made it. I was like, this is it. I'm a division one, like power five, like ACC strength coach. And, um, I remember just thinking like, Oh, this is the career. Now I'm going to stick with this. And, I mean, immediately within, I would say it was within a couple months, I was like, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I was working just as much as I was before. I wasn't making any more money. The athletes weren't as motivated and as focused as you would like them to be. The, the logistics and the, the pain of dealing with uh, sport coaches and athletic training staff, and it was just the nightmare that I did not want to deal with. Yeah. Um, but it kept me in Pittsburgh longer, which is how you and I eventually started dating. <laughs> Thank goodness. So yes, God kept me there for, <laughs> for a reason. Um, but that's also how I knew I wanted to get back into the private sector and mm-hmm. back into CrossFit. So it all, it all worked itself out. And, um, you know, by that point you and I had, by the end of that year, I think we had moved in together and then I eventually got another position with cross, like within the CrossFit realm, working at CrossFit 446. And, that was sort of where the whole business aspect started to come into play because I was seeing the financial side of things there. I was seeing what it took to, to run the thing on a day to day. And it was nice because it, it was managing all of it, but it wasn't my money. (laughs) So it was kind of the best of both worlds. But I think that's when, when we were both living in Mount Washington together that and working at 446 that I realized, Hey, like a business is something that's probably more realistic. And I think I can do it. Like I've seen dozens of gyms and there are ways that it can be done way better. And I don't know if we're going to have a brick and mortar or not, but I think Ashley and I can do this facility thing.
1: Mm -hmm. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. What's next?
1: Uh, Do you want to talk just a little bit about what made you decide you wanted to make ballistic performance like a remote, like how you just said you didn't know if it was going to be brick or mortar.
0: Yeah. Um, So, well, in Pittsburgh, we decided that my job there was looking a little sketchy in terms of the ownership of the building that we were in. That group of folks or that individual was just very uh, money hungry and very driven to make a dollar no matter what the case. And, we both know that CrossFit gyms don't grow as fast as a a commercial gym and, Mm -hmm. and some of the other management at that building and I did not get along very well. And so it was time to, to part ways and find something else. And we were fortunate enough to land here in Florida at elite wellness. And through that transition is when I really started to see maybe what ballistic performance could be, because I knew that I was going to call it that it already had a name. I already had, a foundation laid out because i'd been working on it for a couple years prior to that and just basic stuff like hey that i'm gonna lock up i'm gonna lock up our our domain name i'm gonna lock up all our social media tags because eventually i'm gonna do this thing and i started writing like basic programs and all these things and so when we moved here that's when i thought all right let's start to actually make this happen mm-hmm and you know, we could do it while we were working at elite wellness simultaneously. And the reason that I think we settled on remote versus brick and mortar is that number one, it gave us as a personal mission, the freedom to be outside of the four walls of the gym. You know, I think it's really important to us that we have life experiences and that we travel and that we can spend time with family and that we're free to move around. And so Remote definitely enables all of that. And then I think more, probably more importantly is that in a brick and mortar facility, you can only impact so many people. But if we, if we, uh, open or if we do something remote, we can impact hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, once it gains traction and people understand the process that we're getting into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I think that was kind of what opened it up. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of all of my, um, career oriented info, I guess.
1: Very cool. I like it. So now it's time for me to ask you rapid fire questions and hopefully you do a little better job than we'll I did. We'll see how can But now she can you know ask. what questions I'm asking. So it's not really fair. Throw some surprises on me. Okay, I'll try. So because of the Christmas season, what's your favorite Christmas cookie?
0: Favorite Christmas cookie is either a sugar cookie with like hard icing, kind of like Eaton Park. It can't be that soft bullshit icing, (laughs) like crunchy, delicious icing, or what you had mentioned, those peanut butter, cup, mini muffin looking things. Mm -hmm. I also like gingerbread.
1: Ugh. to each their own. Christmas movie. Home Alone. Christmas tradition.
0: This is hard. Okay, so fyi this is the first she's gonna roll her eyes at me this is the first christmas i haven't been in dubois for ever so big year but what we typically do there is we have a christmas eve party and our town's a really small town so like 60 80 people that everybody knows everybody would show up and we would have food and drinks and the whole deal and everybody would stay until like midnight so that was one of my favorites um and they still do that so that the christmas eve party um and then I would say probably our tradition of my family would wake up and we would make this egg bake that you and I successfully made <laughs> the other day. High five. <laughs> we'd make this egg bake and then we'd have these sweet rolls and we would open gifts as all that was cooking. And then we would sit down and have breakfast as a family afterwards. So I guess I would say that.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, favorite food? Pizza. Favorite color, yellow. Favorite TV show, uh, <laughs> I stumped you.
0: Oh man, okay. I'm gonna say different years of my life. Okay, in college, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Um, as as a young adult, <laughs> I'll call myself.
1: Are we young adults right now?
0: Yeah, sure. I think New Girl. I okay. really like that. That show is funny as hell. Jack Ryan is really good. Some yeah. newer show. And, uh, Breaking Bad was a phenomenal.
1: Gotcha. Favorite movie?
0: The Prestige. You know what that is?
1: Yeah, we've watched it.
0: Yeah. For those I of never you that
1: remember what it is. It's
0: Christian Bale, Hugh Jack. Wait, is that right? Hugh Jackman? That doesn't sound right. Christian Bale's in it and okay. he's a magician. And he's yeah. Yelling, yes.
1: Yeah, I remember now.
0: If you haven't seen it, check it out. The Prestige. Um,
1: Hit me with a surprise. Go ahead. Favorite book, I th- except you asked me that, so it's The Da Vinci Code. Oh. Uh, favorite animal, you better say Coda.
0: Oh, well, besides <laughs> our perfect golden retriever, uh, okay. favorite animal, I always used to say koala bear when I was a kid.
1: Same! Really? Yes.
0: We, I didn't know that.
1: Oh my god, but then, we were meant to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh... But besides that, I don't really know. I, that's not my favorite. I don't think so I have Coda. a favorite animal. Yeah, for sure. Coda. Probably <laughs> dogs. Dogs are my favorite animal. Yeah.
1: Favorite season?
0: Fall. Duh. That's easy.
1: <laughs> favorite car?
0: Oh, this is hard. Truck. Yeah. Chevy 1500.
1: <laughs> I was going to say hard. I know your answer. Uh. Favorite? Can I say hobby? favorite hobby favorite thing to do Ooh,
0: favorite thing to do <sighs> i don't do it anymore but i do love to ski i really love skiing mm. i do like hunting but it's again i haven't been do- i've been doing my hobbies very much often yeah.
1: well, and i used to really love it i used to
0: love to draw too
1: <laughs> i know
0: i haven't done any of that stuff in forever i need to get back on it i need yeah. to start enjoying my hobbies again yeah Now my hobbies are watching fucking Hallmark movies. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Favorite favorite candy. Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. Favorite candy. I don't eat candy a lot, but um, I do love Sour Patch Kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Peanut m ms Baller. Yes. I eat all those. Uh, On occasion, I like a good gummy bear. I mean, I... I sound like a fat kid, but I like candy. I just don't eat it. Like, yeah. I like Starburst. I like Snickers. I like yeah. Reese's. I, I like it all. I just don't eat it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's also why we're in the health and fitness field.
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: That's um, true. Hit any... me with one more. Hit me with oh, one more good one. One more good one. If there was one place in the world that you could visit, where would it be?
0: Holy shit, that is a good
1: Yes. One. <sighs> uh, Stumped you.
0: I know. I want to visit... Egypt. I don't want to see the pyramids of uh, Giza. Is that yeah, the correct pra- I think. pronunciation? Giza, Giza. Giza I, think. I think pyramids, the three pyramids. Yeah. I want to see those.
1: And ride a camel. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ride a camel and, and go see those. snowboard. Um, well, I don't snowboarding care. Snowboarding down the, I don't care about that part. Really? I just want to see that. the
0: three pyramids. Okay. I think that'd be cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, well, what's yours to that? What's your answer to that question? Before we start? I think off. New
1: Zealand. And we plan to go there for our honeymoon, so that's good.
0: Yeah, we do.
1: I think. I don't know. They're Hawaii.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we'll try to get to both here in our life.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. So I think that is it, if you don't have any other questions for me. Hopefully that gives you guys a little insight into who we are. We might have lost you halfway through there. Who knows? But (laughs) um, that's a little bit on both of us. We hope that you guys will continue to listen in. Please be sure, if you're enjoying what you're hearing from us, to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook subscribe to the youtube page all those things our handles on virtually all of our social media are either ballistic performance or train underscore ballistic so if you try one of those two you're going to find it and uh, we just appreciate all your guys loyalty and uh, devotion to ballistic performance yeah so keep listening we love you guys and uh, we'll see you next time
1: bye